You're listening to the regular podcast from Pete the Vet's blog. This was first broadcast on East Coast FM. Pete Weatherburn is here. He is going to talk to us about foxes in light of that Channel 4 programme uh, that's been running for the last while. They have a sort of a fox uh, programme where they monitor foxes where they live and what they get up to in various cities all around the United Kingdom. And we've seen foxes here too. They've become quite, not quite domesticated, but they certainly come into the gardens and things like that. Anyway, he's going to talk about that. But first of all, he's going to talk to us about a duck because joining us on the line is John Pike. John, good morning to you. Declan, good morning. Good morning. Say hello to Pete. Pete, good morning. Good morning, John. How are you today? Fine, fine. Uh, how are you? I'm, how is your duck? Grand, grand. Um, <laughs> it's. I suppose he's settled down now. Uh, he's been distressed for quite some time. Where did he come from? What's the story? Well, around about 5pm um, yesterday evening, um, there was a, a sort of a loud clash up on top of the conservatory roof. Um, and to sort of our surprise, we've ended up with this duck up on the roof and stuck into the guttering. On your, cons- it, on your conservatory? As well. So you can look up through the glass and see it sitting yes. there? Yeah. Goodness me. And whereabouts do you live? Um, we're just off the Bog Hall Road. We're in Giltspur Brook and Bray. Right. And it's just sitting there. Could, could you go and lift it down? Um, I've attempted to try and sort of coax the duck down um, without much <laughs> without much joy, I've got to say. Um, it's, I think, because one of the toes has been clipped on the, the webbed part of the foot, um, it's been bleeding in that area. And I've managed to put water into the guttering along with some bread, and the birds managed to drink and take the bread on board. And However, me- it's, it's trying to... It, it, and because of the position that it's in, it's not possible for it to really turn around because of its size. It's going to literally drop, um, and it's very restricted. It's restricted in its area of where it's actually seated. How do you know it's a Muscovy duck? Um, I contacted um, Birdwatch Ireland first thing this morning um, to see if they could help. Um, they informed me of a gentleman called Craig Stray. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I he's, phoned he's Craig bird, this yeah. morning on his mobile. Yes. I believe Craig's out at Roundwood, but he, he said to me that he was travelling from England um, back to Roundwood this morning, mm-hmm. um, but could help maybe, and he was the one who identified the duck. He said that he, straight away he knew exactly what the duck was, and he sort of explained a few things on the duck, and it suggested that if we couldn't get any additional help, um, that if I was to ring him around about 6pm this evening, there was a chance that he would call over to home and see if he could help. Okay, so what, what the Muscovy duck is, is it's, it's actually a domesticated duck. It right. is, it, it, you know, it's, it's originally from some other part, that, some tropical part of the world, wherever... But in, in, in these parts, in this country, it's definitely, it's a domestic, it's a pet duck that people keep. It's black and white, and you can tell there's a very distinct difference between the females and the males. The, the, the males have got big knobbly bits on the top of their beak, um, the drakes, and they make a sort of noise instead of quacking. Um, they don't usually fly very far um, because they're quite big birds. And so this didn't come up from the Dargal or anywhere like no, that. This, and this, sort of this, get is, lost. this is from somebody's garden, and and I, I think I know whose garden it is actually. Oh, do I you? Do. <laughs> you know all the ducks, do you? <laughs> I, yeah, I'm quite 
there's not that many ducks in bay uh, and so I, I think uh, I may have the answer to this problem John but um, it, it's probably got a fright from its own garden it's flown out and like you say they don't, they, they don't, they're not very graceful flyers indeed they're not very graceful landers either they kind of clatter to the ground and obviously he clattered onto your onto your um, conservatory so look we'll, we'll, uh, you hang on there and talk to Claire afterwards and we'll get your details and we'll try and help you get this this duck sorted out to his own home they're lovely um, ducks we used to ha keep them when I was a child we used to have a, um, a little family of ducks and uh, every every spring they produced a, um, a batch of ducklings yellow and black little ducklings just like mallard ducklings actually very cute very uh um, they're just pleasant things to have around, but they're a bit messy. If you have them in your own garden, they produce um, their their poops look a bit like dog poops actually, only yeah. squelch, only squelchier, and really not not very nice to have in the garden. So they're they're they're, they're, they're lovely ducks, but um, you know you need to have a pond for them effectively. And um, you're, you're absolutely right, Pete, in your description there. Everything that you've said about the duck is absolutely 100% because there's a, there's, there's a large amount of mess already down the yes. side. And uh, <laughs> equally, um, your description on, on the, like the, the fleshy outgrowth, like the pinkish red from the back of the eye backwards, and the colouring of the duck, the lovely purple on the dorsal plumage. It's a and drake. And the black and white feathers, all that you say. It's a drake, is absolutely it? that duck, 100%. I know that drake. I once rescued him from a mermaid um, theatre. Oh, well. It flew down there one time and crashed into their place. <laughs> He's a very naughty drake. <laughs> all right, John, you stay on the line there, and Claire will, will um, talk to you and uh, get your address, and let's try and sort out this poor old fella's problem anyway. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks for getting in touch, John. Good morning to you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's uh, John Pike there. So now, so you're familiar with this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know his name, but I, I know him all right. He's a wandering duck and all yeah. that. And we know there'll be lots of jokes and things like that. Never mind, never mind. Anyway, foxes. Um, this programme yes. that's on Channel 4 where they've tagged some foxes and they've got all sort of infrared and they've um, mm. followed the progress of these ducks and where they live and uh, what they get up to and our Sorry, foxes. I'm talking about ducks again. Yeah. These foxes around urban settings. Um, why have all the, the foxes come into urban settings? Is it well, I, looking for food? I don't, I don't think it's all that new. I mean, I, I, I suppose what's changed in uh, over the past 10, 15 years is that we humans have got much more protective of our refuse. So we have wheelie bins now, don't we? A lot of us, rather than bags for rubbish. That makes it much, much more difficult for... Um, foraging animals to, to, to get any any of our, uh, our scraps. So it means that things like foxes have to look much harder for their food, and so they can become a bit more cheeky as a consequence. But I've heard it said that, like in the Dublin area, they say there's a fox family per every square kilometre, which is quite a lot if you think about it. And if anybody ever does any um, driving of, the, of urban or suburban streets in the early hours of the morning, you can be almost guaranteed you see a fox every time. They're, they're there, they're out and about. Um, and they, they've been in the news in an unfortunate way in the last couple of years. There were a couple of incidents where, remember last year, I think it was, a fox got into a, a um, little girl's bedroom in, in London and, and bit her. And um, there was another incident as well happened. And people, people do worry about this. Um, but I think there's probably a large number of people who quite appreciate foxes and even... even feed them in their own garden because they want to attract them because they like looking at them 
So, you know, there's a kind of split here where some people can't stand the things and want to get rid of them. What are they? Uh, are, they are they dogs? Or? Well, they're, 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 uh, they're not exactly dogs. They can't breed with dogs. You couldn't okay. have a half-bred yeah, dog fox. What category they're related, they're, they're, they're related to dogs. They're the they're, 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 um, same um, whatever genus or family. I don't know the technical term for what it is. They're very close to dogs. They're very similar to dogs. They're quite small. The average weight's between four and nine kilograms. If you think, that's like a small terrier. A cat weighs around four kilograms. So, twice the size of a cat is about as big as they get. So, they're not, they're not like wolves or anything. They're quite petite creatures. Interestingly, this is the time of year when we do see fox cubs. They're born around April, May. Uh, and just yesterday, there was a, at Lachlanstown, they found a, an injured fox cub in their car park. It was brought to us to to be checked over, and unfortunately, the poor thing had a broken back and had to be had to be put down. Um, but they are like they're definitely this is the time of year when you see lots of them because the, the cubs have just been born. The parents have got to get food for the cubs, and the cubs are also beginning to explore the world. So it's a time of year when we do see a lot of foxes. Mm, and um, are they dangerous or? Which way should we treat a fox? Well, I, I think they're dangerous in that they've got teeth and they'll defend themselves. So if if you, you know, if, if you find an injured fox, for example, if you go up to it and try and pick it up, it'll probably bite you. You know, they, if they get approached and cornered, they'll 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 defend themselves by biting. So you, you do need to be careful in that way. Otherwise, they just scurry off. They'll run away if you give them a chance to run run away. But if they're injured, they mightn't be able to run away, and so then they can be aggressive. So, for example, when people phoned us about the fox cub at Lockenstown, the first thing we said to them was, look, put it into a box and bring it to us, and we'll look after it for you. But, for goodness sake, be careful you don't get bitten. And, the, you know, with a small thing like a, a fox cub, you can just throw a towel over it so that its, it's head and, and teeth are covered and, and you'll be safe. But you just need to be aware when you're approaching them that they, they could actually hurt you so do take care about that people worry about them attacking their pets as well attacking dogs or cats and that would be very uncommon but i have heard of a couple of instances where people where foxes have been seen to take um what you might call weakly cats so for example a kitten out by itself um a very elderly cat that's slow to move around or perhaps a, a sick cat um, foxes if they get the opportunity you know they, they, they may scavenge it really yeah. yeah yeah and what about uh, pet rabbits and things like that well, they probably yeah, enjoy absolutely. those eat all those do they well, same as if you've got if you got back if you've got backyard hens you'd be well aware of the of the risk of uh, of foxes indeed that drake may have flown away in the face of a fox attack you wouldn't know um, they're a big problem if you've got animals that are kept outside you have to be for sure that they're um Fox in fox-proof cages, basically at night time. Daytime is generally okay. Foxes are shy of people; they won't come out when there's lots of folk around. But they, you know, at dusk and at night and at dawn, um, they'll certainly try it. And you know, you need to make sure that anything outside is, is well protected against foxes. You can't blame the foxes; they're just trying to survive. Right. Oh. Okay. So, so uh, children, anything like that? Barbecues, and they come into the back garden, or they're, look, they're not—they're not, they're not going to hurt children they're not going to that, that that's that 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 was an absolutely exceptional situation foxes will avoid people wherever possible um they, they, they're not they're not going to deliberately um let themselves get close close to something that they're frightened of that's just not what happens Okay. Thanks very much indeed. Pete, Pete Weatherburn, our vet from Brave Vet, and Pete's website, which is petethevetter.com, and he's also on TV3, and he runs around the world, and he does <laughs> conferences and whatever. What are you up to next? Um, 
there's, there's, do you know, there's, I've got a dream of a trip to a, a rabies control scheme that's happening. Um, in somewhere in the tropics, I'm not quite sure where, but I've, the, the latest ambition of, of global vets is to eradicate rabies. And it's certainly something that can be done. It's, rabies still kills tens of thousands of people every year, especially children, despite the fact that it's a completely preventable disease. And so there's, there's some new schemes being put into place to try to eradicate it by vaccinating all the dogs in the country. And um, one, one group that's setting up a scheme has asked me to have a wee look at that. So I'll let you know if that comes about. But I think it's a, it'd be a great ambition, just as we've eradicated other diseases in the world, to get rid of rabies would be tremendous. OK. Peter Weatherburn, our vest. Thank you very much indeed.